Welcome to this week's message from Crosspoint Community Church. You can find us on the web at crosspointonline.org. There, you can find links to our social media accounts. Led by Pastor Mike Deese, we meet every Sunday at 11 a.m. in Roswell, Georgia. Now presenting this week's message. Jesus replied, If anyone who loves me, he will obey my teaching. My Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. All right, let's slow down just a little bit. So, if anyone loves me, he'll obey my teaching. If we love him, we'll obey and God will love him. God loves us. And Jesus says, we will come and make our home with him. That's, that's pretty awesome. Now, for some of you, that might be a little bit scary when you think about, wait, 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 he's coming to my house? Uh, I got some cleaning up to do. Um, but uh, that's, his, that's his promise. The zinger for this week, I'm sure y'all had a good time uh, in your classes, but the zinger for me this week is this. Obedience brings joy and uninterrupted fellowship with God. Now, I know that for years and years in my life as a follower of Jesus Christ, this whole thing, obey, you know, I like the trust part, the obey, I'd like, Ugh. and then, you know, the word obedience is like, Ugh. you know, because, you know, we've got flashbacks, you know, whenever our parents used to say, you know, you better do what I say do and you obey me, you know, well, and sometimes it didn't feel like they loved us or had that unconditional love for us, but the truth of the matter is, is everything that they were saying to you, uh, for the most part, was because of their love. It felt restricting, but it was loving. But obedience brings joy and uninterrupted fellowship with God. Now, I know that to many, if not most of you, have tasted and seen just how sweet it is to be in right relationship, right fellowship with God. Right? I mean, that, those mountaintop type of experiences where you go, man, wow, this is life. But I just need to uh, hit the pause button right here because I can be a testimony of this right here. Oh, actually, the antithesis of this. Uh, this week has been kind of a rough week for me. It's uh, very little joy, actually. Not a lot of joy. Uh, my fellowship with God has been a little bit strained. We've been having at it a little bit. And uh, I've have been tired a little bit, sleeping a little bit more, uh, low energy, didn't feel very productive, not as sensitive to some you know people as I would normally be, which is not that. But anyway, I was less sensitive to people, and so if I hurt your feelings this week, I'm sorry, I apologize. Um, but it, you know, it's actually been a struggle. And, and, and here's, here's what would normally happen whenever, you know, I would confess that. Confession's good for the soul, right? Okay, okay, just wanted to see where y'all were in all this stuff. Uh, I don't want to hang myself out to dry and then y'all just say, oh, yeah, I'm good. No, okay, no. Okay, no, 
I am. I'll, I'll do that. Okay. But here's norm, normally, whenever we say something like that, you know, people well-meaning that love us, you know, will have, you know, these, the, the, these comments. It's like, well, you know, we all have bad days or we all have bad weeks or, you know, God never promised that, so that everything would be rosy, you know, even if we are trying to have a right relationship with Him. You know, or you win some, lose some. You know, we try to help people out a little bit, you know, now, now, there, there. And it's kind of an enabling thing. But bottom line, no matter what you would say to me, I know the cause. I was not being obedient. This last year, God has been doing a great work here. Would you agree? God has been doing a great work in my life. He's been doing a great work in your life, in our church. And here's the bottom line. We know Him better and love Him more. And there's so many, we know Him better, we know that He is a good, good Father and that He has no bad plans for us, His plans for us are good, that He doesn't treat us as we deserve to be treated, He treats us according to His grace and His mercy. I mean, it's amazing, you know, and we get all that stinking thinking out uh, that is just not true and, and we know, we know Him better and we love Him more. And He's invited us, and I also know this, in this last year, He's invited us to join Him in what He's doing. And early on in this process, as we were in the book of John, God was doing a lot of pruning and refining in uh, my life and in your life. You know, as He was talking about, you know, how we are to abide in Him. Jesus is the vine, we're the branches, and we abide in Him. And everyone that's in Him that, that brings forth fruit, that's abiding in Him, He prunes. And He was doing a lot of pruning. And so, you know, we were going, okay, all right, all right, all right, you can keep that up. Um, but here's the deal. Early on, you know, realizing how desperate I was, you know, like how desperate I am apart from Him. It's like, all right, God, just, just have at it. Dude, I'll embrace whatever you're asking. Prune on, prune on. Uh, but the Holy Spirit, and, and during that time, you know, the Holy Spirit, and, and matter of fact, that's how we live the Christian life. Not, uh, not We don't live it apart from Him. We can do what? Okay, yeah, so it's the Holy Spirit. It's Christ in us, the hope of glory. Christ, the Holy Spirit that's in us, is, is doing a great work. And then, you know, whenever He breathed on that upper room, those guys were transformed. It's transforming. Whenever we open up our lives and we cooperate with Him, and uh, He just blows the breath of life. And so he, he was giving, he was stirring things up, giving favor, giving me boldness and courage with people. And then, you know, several months ago, you know, he kind of let me know uh, that, you know, with greater influence and when he's working, then we limit our freedoms. And matter of fact, I heard it mentioned several times. Some, some of y'all got on to me about, I forgot what word it was that I used and said, you can't say that no more. I don't know what was it. I can't say that. I can't say it in the pool. I don't, I don't even remember what it was in it. They said, you know, I'm going, why? I mean, that's just a normal redneck Grady word. They're going, yeah, but somebody even said that with greater influence comes uh, uh, greater limitations. You know, you limit your freedoms. Why? For the good of those around you. And so, uh, so I heard that and I went, okay, whatever. All right. Um, but it's for the sake of the gospel. And so, uh, but a week or so ago, Unfortunately, I did my, I was doing my homework and in spirits in God. And every single week, every single week on every single day, it ends with the same question. Do y'all know what that question ends? What? Huh? What? what? 
Okay, that, that, is, that, is, that is it, but that's not the very last one. The very last one is, what does God want me to do in response today, today, to today's study? I, I mean, I love that first part. It's like, Lord, I'll talk to you all day long about what the most meaningful stuff. Woo, look at that one. That's a good one, good one, good one, good one. What does God want me to do in response to today's study? And so something just came out. It just, I just listed it. And then the next day, it's kind of like I listed again. But I was putting them down, and as I was thinking about it, you know, I was thinking about this. I was going, you know, these are options. You know, this is something I probably should consider. You know, I, I, need, to, I need to ponder this for a little while. I need to think about it. Uh, because, you know, as I thought about it and as I was working it out, you know, in my own mind and my own life, you know, I'm going, this is not something that, you know, God, that you, I mean, you've already been doing a lot of pruning. You've been pruning. And so, you know, come on now. Why don't you prune on somebody else? And I just started listing names. And I had to, no, I'm just kidding. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't do that. You know, just prune on somebody else, you know, uh, um, and, and I, you know, I was going, you know, this is, God, I would be okay if this wasn't one of the big ten. This isn't even one of the big ten. I'm doing, I'm, no, I'm okay with all that kind of stuff. He goes, well, really? Kind of, you know, you're not supposed to have any other God before me. Now you're sitting here fighting for something. What? Oh, I was resisting. I was arguing my case. I was demanding my self-centered rights. Like, come on, look out there. And he is going, no, look in here. And so I did my homework and I came to this next phrase. And I was going, ah, the previous level of your walk with God will not be adequate for the new work God wants to do through you. It's like, really? Really? And then he keeps on going, look at this next one. Uh, when you know what God has said and what He is about to do and when you have adjusted your life to Him, you know, we've been just singing about how thankful for we are for the blessed assurance that Jesus is ours. It's not based on our works. It's not based on our performance. It's based on His goodness and His revelation to us and His initiative in our life. You know, and it goes, when you've adjusted your life to Him, there is yet one remaining response to God that is necessary. To experience God at work in and through you, you must obey Him. Ah, it's like this little four-letter word, obey. You know, it's like, wow, come on now. Well, here's the guess who won in this little tug of war? Uh yeah. Yeah. But here's, here's the key. And, and here's why God wins. Well, it's because He's God, number one. <laughs> so, okay, there you go. But number two is this. He may not win in your life on, on that issue, on that issue of obedience, at that thing that He's pointing out, if, if you're believing lies about Him. If you don't know the truth, if you don't know Him better and love Him more, if you don't know that He, he is for you that he is best that he is sovereign that he is all-knowing and that he's got a plan and a purpose in this world he's got a plan and purpose for your life and that your little sense of inconvenience or whatever it may be is absolutely nothing it's rather liberating 
liberating because it all opens up more of selflessness. It gets flush itself to receive more of Him. Once you've tasted and seen, and you, this is, you know that, how good He is. Then you go, God, I don't, I don't care if I've won that lottery. How much was it? 1.5 billion? How much was it? Huh? Why do y'all know that? Y'all shouldn't even know about that kind of stuff. No, I mean, it doesn't matter what. You know, nothing, nothing, nothing compares to your presence and being in right relate. Because if, if we ain't in right relate, you know, it's like, it's like in marriage. When mom ain't happy, ain't what? There we go now. You know, and so you take that and multiply it times an infinity. You know, and it's like, come on. Yeah, I'm not going to be happy if I'm not in right relationship with God. You know, it's like that song I used to sing. I used to go around. Uh, I love that song. As a matter of fact, some of y'all probably saw it on one of the, the um, foreign uh, what reality shows. Uh, I can't live if living is without y'all. Y'all remember that song? I can't live if living is without you. Can't live. Whatever. Okay. All right. So that, that was a sweet one. You know, I was like 16 or 17. I had a girlfriend and tried to sing it to her and she just dropped me just like that. Okay. All right. So that's just, that's just kind of my confession, my story for you. So what does God want us to know? Here's what, what when it comes to all this. What does God want us to know? Here it is. God is interested in moving you from where you are to where He wants you to be in your love relationship with Him. See, it's all grounded in that. It's not like He's got an agenda that He needs you to do something for Him. God is interested in moving you from where you are to where He wants you to be in your love relationship with Him. And so for me, He was going, Mike, do you love me more than this? Do you love me more than self? And I was going, yeah, I love both of you. And he's going, do you love me more than this? And then when we come into that, we understand, we understand what he says in, in, in this next verse. What does God want me to know? Love equal obedience. Love equals obedience. If you love me, you'll obey me. And I know that in our performance, work, fundamentals, some of us mindset, it was like, oh, we're trying to work our way into God loving us. You know, or if I behave like this, God will love me. If I behave like this, Mama and Daddy will love me. No, Mama and Daddy love you. But the fellowship is going to be so much sweeter if there's obedience. And so much deeper. It goes just from surface, let's eat together. Yeah, there was, we didn't get in food fights tonight, so it was a good night. To, hey, not only did we eat together, but we feasted on some intimate relationship together. Good night. Love equal obedience. If you love me, you will obey me. You will obey what I command. He who does not love me will not obey my teachings. You know, it's just pretty clear and it's just going. Here, this, this is the defining point as far as I relate. Do you love him? And he's going. If you're having trouble with that, if you're having trouble with that, 
Well, look at this next sign right there. It says, if you have an obedience problem, you have a love problem. And I can look back on my life and I can see that. I can see any time that I was resisting and fighting and not wanting to obey God and do my thing, it was because I had a love. I didn't know Him. I didn't know the God that is. I knew about God and I had some wrong pictures of God. And, 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 and my love relationship with, with Him was all messed up because I was basing it off of lies and not off of truth. And not who He truly is. During our prayer time this morning, we, we were reminded of, of, uh, of a phrase that came earlier. We will never look at any circumstance or any situation in our life except with the, at, through the backdrop of the cross of Jesus Christ. Times are bad. Life is hard. This isn't fun. But we look at, and we do not discern God's love through that. We discern God's love through this. Case closed. Done. He loves me infinitely. Unconditionally. So if there's, a, if there's an obedience problem, there's a love problem. I'm loving self more than I'm loving God. And God's going, well, listen, self... <laughs> Self just dies. Self is lifeless apart from Him. Apart from Him, I can do nothing. Self becomes brittle. It can just float down the river of life as so many people do. What God wants me and you to know and just be reminded of is that love equals obedience. And if, if we're having a problem doing what it is that we believe God's calling us to do, then there's a love problem. He's saying, wait a minute, I want you, there's something wrong. And ask Him, say, God, help me understand. What am I loving more than you? And why? Second thing God wants me to know is this. Being a friend of Jesus equal obedience. I'm making it real easy on you guys this week. <laughs> right? What were, the first one was, Obedience, the blank. The second blank is obedience. Okay, being a friend of Jesus equals obedience. You are my friends if you do what I command you. Remember, uh, for those of you that were here, we spent, you know, like first three months of the year in John chapter 15 and uh, just, just camping out, camping out, camping out. And we eventually, you know, after about four months, three or four months, we got to finally that verse. You are my friends if you do what I command you. Look at this next phrase. There's a difference. There's a difference between having Jesus as my friend and me being a friend of Jesus. You know, we go around, Jesus is my friend. You know, you've heard me say, when I go around, I talk to people, hey, God, listen, my three best friends are God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Jesus is my friend. Jesus is my very best friend. Jesus is my friend. There's a difference between having Jesus as my friend and me being a friend of Jesus. Can you go back to the previous slide there? Here's what he says. You are my friends if you do what I command you. That's what Jesus said. He doesn't say, you are my friends if you believe what I say. He did not say, you are my friends if you believe in heaven and hell. He didn't say, you are my friends, you know, if you um, love worshiping me. He did not say, you are my friends if you love to pray. He did not say, you are my friends if you have a heart for missions. He did not say, you are my friends if you give to the poor. Now, you might do all that kind of stuff and not even be his friend. 
That's the reason we, we, we need to come and say, wait, 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 Jesus, Jesus, speak to my heart. Because He's the one that knows. He's all-knowing. He's sovereign. He's greater than my stupidity. That should be encouraging for some of you. He is greater than my grady, redneck stupidity. He is greater than my weakness. He is greater than my... He's greater than that. He is not limited to do something great and mighty in me because of my weaknesses. Matter of fact, Paul said that, you know, hey, God's strength is perfected in our weakness. So the weaker you think you are, the more there's an opportunity for you to see the display of God's greatness and His power. Jesus says, you are my friend if you do what I command you. Just do what I say. That's where real friendship is. So, what does He want us to know? Number three, there's no substitute for obedience. If you figured it out, let me know. But let me tell you, I have tried it for 40-something years. I've tried, to, I've, tried, I've tried it. I've tried it. I've tried to figure out a substitute for obedience. I have. I have. And there's, you know, many of you are trying it right now. Many people out there are trying it. They're just going, I'm going to do stuff. I'm going to sell everything I've got. I'm going to go to some crazy foreign places. I'm going to do this. I'm going to serve on Thanksgiving instead of being with my family. I'm going to cut, you know, I'm going to cut the number of gifts I get in half at Christmas. I'm, you know, we tried all kind of stuff. But throughout, throughout God's word, he says, hey, listen, that's not, I'm not, I'm not interested in your sacrifice. I want your heart. I want you. Jesus says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and and do not do what I say. I mean, if if you don't do what I say, you don't. You're not loving me. You don't even know the very reason I came. I came to have a relationship with you, to love you, and to accomplish my purpose in history in the world, and and my way. Look at this next verse. I mean, this next phrase from this week. Obedience is always the avenue through which you find greater fellowship and intimacy with God. The moment, the moment I just say, all right, I, 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 you win. Boom. The joy just instantly returns. Now, I'm not saying it's always going to be that way. But I can tell you, whenever there is the resistance of God, there will be the loss of joy. When there is disobedience, we will leak joy. We will lose joy. We can get, we can kind of get hyped up on some other stuff. But obedience is always the avenue through which you find greater fellowship and intimacy with God. Here's an example. Now, this is a pathetic example, but I'm going to give it to you anyway. So, you know, our family, six kids, um, we call it the dysfunctional D's family. We love each other and we all that kind of good stuff. Uh, but hey, don't look at me like that. You're all dysfunctional too, so you know, we're, all, we're all in the same boat. Okay, so, uh, you know, we're adventurous. You've seen that kind of stuff. I mean, where, is, is Evan Lee? Sarah Sick? 
Oh, th thank heaven. Okay, so they just got off some big year. Uh, I wish you and I had done that after years. But, you know, they went to five national parks out west, and, and uh, you know, they get on these little trails. And, climb, and, all, and all my kids love adventure, and we love adventure and all that kind of stuff. Um, and so we might take some risks that other people don't take, but we're still parents. Police and I were still parents. And then, uh, you know, good news is, is that as some of the younger kids got older, you know, we had phones, and you had find my phone. You know that? Find my phone. Uh-huh. Uh, so I, I had their Apple ID on every one of them. I said, you want a phone? They go, yeah, I want a phone. Give me Apple ID. Yeah. I got their Apple. So, you know, then they get old enough, they get a car, and, you know, and they, ah, oh, hey, so-and-so. And, but with the phone, see, and if they leave it, because kids have a tendency sometimes to leave it around, we could also see their text messages. And I have no problems reading their text messages I'm buying the phone. So you're going, you're weird. I am weird. Okay. So, but here's the deal. So, uh, you know, they want to go to John's house. You know, hey, I want to go to John's house. Well, you just got your driver's license. Kind of, you know, okay, you sure? You just want, you want to join? But see, I've already seen that they've got an invitation to go to Susie's and Sally's and all this and this other party and all that kind of stuff. So, so you're just going to John's house and back. Yep. Okay, you can go to John's house. Now, unlike a lot of parents, you know, a lot of parents, whenever their kids would get close to, you know, 15, 16, and they were driving by themselves, you know, they'd be freaking out. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. You know, my kids, I'm just scared they're going to get hurt. And I'd be going, no, I can't wait till my kids get their driver's license. We couldn't wait till our oldest Michael got it because he was going to become chauffeur number one for the other five. Load them kids up in there and just send them on, you know, Michael. You'll do fine, Michael. You'll do fine. Atlanta traffic is nothing. It's nothing. So, you know, okay, you're just going to John's house back, right? Okay, John's house. And so, you know, at that particular point, you're just kind of going, man, I know that there's a lot, a lot of other forces and influences in their life, and I'm just kind of like, man, I sure hope they don't go to Sally and Susie's and all that big party over there. I hope they're not doing that. And so, but I know I can look on find, find my phone, see if where they are, and you kind of—I don't even want to know. I don't. Oh yeah, I do want to know. I want to know. Plug it in. They're at John's house, and then lay it up. And after a while, they show up. Hey, what you doing home? All right, we got we, John. We had fun. Yeah, we're back. I said, "What do you want? You want me to cook you a steak? What do you want? What do you want?" I mean, because see, I'm just relieved that they didn't give in to the pressures and the influence. Because there's all these people that are saying your parents are stupid, and everybody else in the world is doing this, and anybody that's anybody's going to be at this party. Don't be stupid. Come on. But we'd already said, hey, let's go there and back. Now, let me ask you this question. If they had gone to the party, which uh, I'll tell you, I'll go ahead and confess for them. There were times they did. They went, they went on. Did they get back in the house? They got back in the house both ways. Didn't matter if they were obedient or disobedient. 
But the one that was obedient came bebopping in the house, say, what's up? I'm hungry. Give me, come on, mama, get, jump in the kitchen. The one that was disobedient Why? Here's the deal. How many times have we done, been like that with God? And some of you are here this morning. You came to church because you know you, go, you need to go to church, but you're not running up into Papa's arms. You, you're not running up in, 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 in your Abba Father's arms and go, Papa. You're going, I'm doing what I want to do. And I'm going to try to check one off for you, God. Maybe it'll work. Wow. Obedience is always the avenue through which you find greater fellowship and intimacy with God. Hey, listen, your disobedience is not going to change your relationship. As a child of God, you're still a child of God. But you're not going to know the sweet fellowship. And, 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 you know, there at times, you know, whenever we're disobedient and our kids are disobedient, you know, there's discipline and, and there are consequences and things of that nature, you know. But it just affects the fellowship and how we long for sweet, intimate fellowship with our children and how God longs for sweet, intimate fellowship with us. Reality number seven. We've been through all these seven realities. It's just a reminder for us as we come to this last one. You come to know God by experience as you obey Him and He accomplishes His work for you. Just do what He says do. Why? Because He is a good, good Father and He loves you and He wants to display His greatness and His glory through you. That's what God wants you to know. What does He want us to do? Two quick things. What does He want you to do? What does He want me to do? Number one, pray. Pray. What do you mean pray? Well, I am so thankful. I am so thankful that God as a perfect father, that he is interested in developing you and your relationship with you. He's interested in developing our character to reflect that of Jesus Christ so that a watching and dying world can see the greatness and the glory of God. He, he develops our character to match the assignment. You ever heard that? He develops our character to match the assignment. You know, when my kids were like, just learn to walk, I wouldn't have to say, here, throw a hundred pound you know, bag of corn on there and say, carry that to the barn. He develops our character to match the assignment. And, and, and God is so interested in, in our relationship with Him and our character that He lets us often, He lets us, and you know and we can all testify this, proceed in the wrong direction, but He'll never let you go so far because you're His child without bringing you back. That's a yay God. Wouldn't you say that's a yay God? He never lets you go so far that as His child, that He doesn't discipline you and bring you back. And your relationship with Him, you know, He'll let you make a wrong decision. But here's, here's His guarantee. He says, I have put My Spirit within you. So the Spirit of God is in us and He will direct us back. He'll get our attention. He will work through our weakness. He will even work in our rebellion and get our attention and guide us back. 
and he will clarify exactly what it takes to do that. He's done that through his word. He's done that through the counsel of godly people. And there's some of you that's lacking joy. There's some of you lacking direction. Some of you just feeling flat. Some of you are overwhelmed. Some of you are under circumstances. And God is just saying, trust me and obey. Take the next step. Take the next step. I love to here's here here it is. Like I'm just Lord. I, I'm in a bad habit of just. You say I'm just kind of like. I've got a habit of disobedience. I've got a habit of not listening. I've got a habit of being stubborn. I've got a habit of always saying no before I ever say yes. Whatever it is. But look at this right here. This is a yay God out of the psalmist. Teach me, O Lord, to follow your decrees. Then I will keep them to the end. Then I will keep them to the end. Give me understanding and I will keep your law and obey it with all of my heart. Look at this. Direct me in the path of your commands for there I find delight. I can promise you that. I can promise you that. Right in the middle of the resistance, in the middle of that war, in the middle of that battle, you're going, man, I'm thinking of the light a little bit more than this. But I will promise you, there's no greater joy, there's no greater delight than in the presence of our Heavenly Father. Say, so, all right, say, Lord, teach me. He can undo a lot of bad habits. He can undo a lot of wrong thinking. Teach me. Number two, what does He want you to do? What does He want me to do? Obey what you already know. I was wrestling this week. I was going, alright, so this is a little bit much. Uh, 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 uh. He said, well, I, sh I showed it to you like four or five days ago. And I'm going, I said, yeah, I'm still thinking about it. He said, alright. And there goes the joy, just leaking, leaking, leaking. You know, blah, blah, blah. So now I'm living, I'm apart from Him. Right? Now I'm living apart from Him. Apart from Him, you can do nothing. You can be active and busy and all that kind of but it's not His empowerment. I know the difference between functioning on His inner strength and, and me trying to muscle through it. He said, all right, I, I already pointed that out. Yeah, well, I need some new stuff going on, Lord. Right now it's kind of feeling flat. The brakes are on. The emergency brakes are on. I, I just showed you something. I showed it to you. Go back. Go back. Obey what already you already know. Well, look at this, this. Look at all this stuff that needs to Obey what you already know. And once, just once I said, oh, I didn't even get K out. I went, oh. It's just like... Whew. Flooding my soul with glory divine. Remember that hymn? Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over little. I will set you over much. Enter the joy of your Master. Enter the... Just, you know how we experience the joy of Jesus? Just do what He says do. Just do what He says do. Fight and go through whatever the process. Enter the joy of your master. There will be a loss of joy when we're disobedient. Because we're going to sneak in the back door. We're going to try to be quiet. We're going to tiptoe. And then we're going to lose that relationship. We've got the relationship. We're going to lose that fellowship. We're going to lose that intimacy. 
We're not going to run in there and say, Mama, cook me up something good. We're going to sneak in the back door. And we do that all the time on God. And today He's saying, I'm opening up the door wide open. I've got a history of dealing with rebellious people. But I love you. I love you. And my plans for you are good. I give you not what you deserve. I give you what you need. Ask me. Here's a question. What do I know God wants me to do that I'm not doing? Would you bow with your head with me in prayer? Would you ask Him that right now? Father God, we can't earn a relationship with You. You've already done it. You've already established the way. And that is through Your Son, Jesus Christ. Jesus, thank You for being not a way to live, but thank You for being life. You said You are the way, the truth, life, life. We've been looking for life in so many ways. Most of us here, we're convinced that Jesus, You are life. And that a relationship with You is treasured above all things. But some of us right now are struggling in our fellowship with You. And there may be some flatness, there may be some struggles that are going on, and it's just simply because we've been resisting You. We've been trying to just argue with You. We've been trying to rationalize. And You've just, you've just spoken. And, 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 and we're justifying why we're not doing it. It may be just about a relationship to go and apologize. It may be to go ask for forgiveness. It may be to go and seek restoration. It, 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 may, it may be with your finances. You've been trying to hoard them and do what it is, and God's saying, "Listen, I want you. You know, I want you to buy faith. I want you to trust me. I want you to demonstrate your trust in me. I want you to give me your first fruits." And you're going, "I, I can't. I, I can't. I can't. I can't." Maybe He's told you to, to to change something in your lifestyle that will liberate you. I don't know what it is. Maybe, maybe, is to trust Him with your situation or to trust Him with your job. Or maybe it's just simply to stop being afraid and worrying. To take courage. I don't know what it is. He knows exactly where you are and what He's asking so that you can what? Enter the joy of your Master. Precious Father, thank You for Your persistent love. Thank You that You haven't left us to figure it out. Thank You even for Your correction and discipline in our lives. Thank You that You give us not what we deserve, but what we need. Thank You. I thank You for loving me. Be glorified, lifted up, 
through the faith and the action that we take in response to your invitation today so that you can develop our character as a body to go forth as your army in a world that is dying and lost apart from you. For we make this our prayer in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Crosspoint Community Church. You can find us on the web at crosspointonline.org. There, you'll find links to our social media accounts. We gather every Sunday at 11 a.m. in Roswell, Georgia. Tune in next week.